beautiful day in New York City. It has been so cloudy and so gray. My attitude over the winter was, um, you know, it was the embodiment of that, (laughs) or at least it was starting to get to that point. By the time you listen to this podcast, I've gotten through it, but I had this flu and, oh man, just during this sickness, it felt like I was purging physically and emotionally so much negativity in my life like that that's the symbolic nature I gave it and today I woke up with the message of and I I come back to this message a few times a year when I really need to be rooted back in my part of my mission statement like not just what I'm doing in the world but how I'm being in the world and every once in a while when I get a little too caught up in the doingness of the Maddie Moon show and the Maddie Moon business and Maddie Moon as an actress and like all these different things, I come back to this one uh, ritual. And the ritual is to let pleasure lead me for 24 hours. And this morning, I didn't even predetermine this, but I just started realizing like, I'm going to eat whatever sounds delicious. And I went out and got half of a papaya. And I just indulged in this papaya. Something I wouldn't normally do is eating fruit and only fruit first thing in the morning. And then for lunch, I did the same thing. I just ate whatever I yearned for. And I put on this beautiful baby baby doll nightgown and I took photos of myself. And I'm drinking this specialty Ayurvedic tea right now. And I did my makeup in a way that felt really light and fresh and healthy instead of what I've been doing for the winter which is like I've been doing like this raspberry dark violet eyeshadow and the lipstick I I use is pretty pale so it's kind of a a sharper look and I wear I've been wearing a lot of black and today I, I went back to one of my original looks of like golden golden eyeshadow golden lights no lipstick and only using moisturizer and a nice light peach um, blush and some bronzer and just like a summery look and I took my dog for I've already taken my dog for a couple walks and I've just done things in a really luxurious soft way oh and I did have a self-pleasuring practice self-sexual pleasuring practice with music and my cervix wand Um, I'll include an affiliate link to that if you're interested in getting one of those I've already talked about this so I'm not going to go into that but I love using my cervix wand to speak to my cervix and get to know her and today I was just like wow how much pleasure can I have in my day after this podcast I'm going to soak my body up with oils and and I've also you know what I've also had two coaching calls. I got into my masculine. Th- these two worlds can coexist. I remember when I was first getting into this work, a big question on my mind was how, how can I be a feminine embodied creature while also running a business, being a coach, holding space, answering the phone, going to the gym. And... That's why I mentioned these days that I have 
I actually have them pretty often. I just don't always consciously have them. Like, all right, I'm going to make sure I have a let pleasure lead me day on the, on this Thursday. Normally, they just kind of happen intuitively. Like today, actually, it was more intuitively. And then in retrospect, I can say, oh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've just been letting pleasure lead me. And when those thoughts come up of the more dominating masculine thoughts of I need to do this, this is the next linear step in my day, I give myself full permission to let the feminine be my guide. And I trust that the deeper source of the masculine in me, the one that knows, all right, time to come back to work, he's got me. He's got me. And this reminds me of a conversation I had with my friend on Instagram recently. She's been going through a a similar phase as me of just wanting to let go of all of the Instagram to-dos and keeping up with the likes and the comments and being this successful life coach on the online space and building my business. I'm so over that right now. So over it. I mean, I could probably do a whole podcast on that. I am so over being a life coach in the seas of life coaches on Instagram. And I don't mean that in a way of like, I'm in a sea, therefore I'm not special and I want to be special. I mean it more like, I want to come back inward. I want to bring my energy back into my body rather than pushing it forward out of my body and it being pointed and going right into the online world of look at me, look at me. I'm sharing the same messages that everybody else is sharing. Like, again, it's fine to be sharing these similar messages, but it's the underlying hustle of needing to have more followers and needing to make sure every post is better than the one before. And the discouraging feeling of making the post better than the one before. And then it having a short life. A life of 24 hours, really. I mean, it always lives on the internet. But the excitement of that post that I just poured my heart into. Only living for 24 hours and then dying out and then going into the abyss of the internet. is kind of heartbreaking. And I don't want to do that anymore. I, 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 I want, I, I live and breathe my work and I trust that the people who are meant to come under my wing and, and want to be coached by me and have me in their inner circle and in their life and be in their corner, they will come to me regardless of whether or not my last post has 40 likes or 400. It doesn't matter. And it's up to me to allow myself to step back. So that's the period I'm going into. Back to the story I was sharing. That's the period I'm going into. My friend, similar, she's similarly going into that experience. And we were in Instagram DMs together and I was just telling her honestly, you know, I'm really, I'm really afraid of this. I have such a strong resistance to posting and sharing my life on Instagram all over right now. But yet I keep doing it. I'm so scared of not and it's as if my subconscious is kicking in really strong the more I teeter on the edge of a breakdown of like really truly having to take a step away the more this gut response to hold on tighter is happening it's kind of like that there's an image of um, it's two different sets of hands and one of them is holding onto a rope and its, and its hands are bloody because it's holding onto the rope so tightly. And the other hand is letting go of the rope. 
and it says something like it's it's it feels so much better to let go I mean I'm, I'm butchering what it said but the point of it was showing like how much it actually hurts to hold on tight versus letting go and actually letting your fingers breathe letting your body breathe and that's what it it's felt like I've been doing this dance with the way I've done my business for the past eight years versus how I want to start doing it for the next eight years the closer I get to wanting to change the game, the way I approach it, the more I'm holding on. Okay, going back to the story I keep veering off from. I was telling her this. I was saying, oh my God, it's getting really hard. And she said something like, let your feminine heart, your yearning to let go, run the show for a bit. Let your feminine desire to change the game run the show. Let your feminine... And her yearning for pleasure and love and relaxing and play and only posting when she feels inspired and letting go of posting when she doesn't feel inspired. Let her lead because your masculine is actually so strong. There's no need to hold on tight to your masculine to make sure that your feminine's desires are in control. Your, your masculine is really strong and he can, he can hang out. He can cross his arms and lean it against the wall and just watch the feminine dance on top of a table, do her thing because he knows at the end of the night when she's too drunk, she needs to get off the table and go home and go to bed. He's got her. He's going to walk on over, pick her up, put her in bed. I don't know. I just made up that last example, but it kind of feels that way of like the feminine just being like, I want to party. And when you're masculine, is so strong, aka like the divine. Imagine that the divine is within you. God is within you. God is very strong, obviously, the strongest force on planet Earth. <laughs> Not even planet Earth, okay. The strongest force in anything ever, eternity, infinity. You have that strong force within you. Now, yes, it does take time strengthening and training it, but if you've been doing a lot of this work, especially running a business while also doing spiritual practices. Like I feel very confident in saying that if you're looking to change the game and arrive differently in the way you do work, trust that your masculine in his core is very strong. And if he's not quite as strong as you dream of him being, and I say him and her because that's, those are just the words I choose to use for the masculine and feminine within you. If he's not where you want him to be, do more breath work. Do more meditation. Start training your masculine, having dates with your masculine. But also letting your feminine lead the show for a bit. You want to get offline? Get offline. If you have a business that depends on you being online, trust that you're going to still have clients. They will find you. Whether it's through that latest post or it's actually through referrals. Let pleasure lead you. And if you haven't started doing these pleasure days, start doing them ASAP. Let pleasure lead you from what you eat to what you wear, to whether or not you take a nap, to when you walk the dog, to what music you listen to, to whether or not you do any movement or working out or dance. If you go do kundalini or whatever, let pleasure lead you. I also want to drop another note in. Uh, in my two calls today, a theme came up with both of them that I just, I think this is a really helpful tool that I want to pass on to you. Both of these clients were saying things in our sessions. They're both breaking out into their, uh, in two 
combining versions of them. Like they have the work version of them and then the side business version of them. And the work version of both my clients is very professional, very masculine, very organized, very structured, very socially acceptable. You know, dresses a certain way, walks in the halls a certain way, and responds to people and questions a certain way. And then the other version of both these women are intuitive, feminine, expressive, embodied. And because of the way both of these women were raised, they have these stories in their head that the embodied, expressive, feminine version of them is a little more shameful, a little more inappropriate. And this process for them has been really beautiful for me to be able to facilitate and serve where possible of combining and making it so much easier, honestly. Because it's a lot of hard work to separate two versions of you. The ideal is to actually be one version of you all the time and to create a harmony, a harmony where you actually have choice in what energy is a little stronger than the other one. Sometimes I lead with my masculine foot and I respond in more direct, assertive ways, but it's not out of, I must do this because people will think I'm weird if I don't. It's out of, I'm choosing to do this because this is going to be the best option in this moment. And it doesn't mean anything about me. doesn't mean I'm less powerful, more powerful. doesn't mean that I am submissive or weak. I'm just choosing this because it will get the result I want, or I think it will. We'll see. Blah, blah, blah. There's one stance of ownership and the other stance is more of a victimhood or one could say um, truly actually more of the submissive one. That is more of, I would say the word for that is more submissive. Even if you don't realize it, you're submitting and you're being submissive to social expectations of you. So the, the, the reframe that I've been using with both of them is Anytime I hear them or any other client start to say, well, I go to work and I mean, I brought my tarot cards this one time and everyone there thinks I'm weird and they judge me and it's just really frustrating. Or maybe I wore lipstick to, I wore lipstick to the office on Monday and People were just giving me weird looks and making comments and asking questions. Or I want to start doing more masculine and feminine polarity practices at home with my partner, but they think it's so weird and you know, sometimes they're really chill about it, but then other times they judge me. Here's the reframe. I went into the office and I brought my tarot cards and I judged myself for having the cards for being weird. I wore lipstick into the office and I gave myself a weird look and judged myself for it. I want to do feminine and masculine polarity practices, but I feel uncomfortable approaching my partner about it. That's truly what's happening. We, we can only make assumptions about what people think about us. It might be true that they think you're weird, but when it's coming from your own nervous system and subconscious and conscious state of you saying they think I am weird, you don't know that. You actually never can be 100% sure of anything someone thinks, 
even if they tell you they think that. You really can't know. But in that moment when you wear lipstick and you go into a room and you see people look at you, you're making up stories that they see you and they are thinking you are weird because you are thinking you are weird. That's the that's the trick. That's the tool because even by saying that right there, you can start to create more ownership and when you are the one saying you are doing this, all of a sudden you have the opportunity to make a different choice. If you continue to think, they think I'm weird. How are you ever going to change that? By trying to make them understand you? No, that's a waste of time. It's a lot of effort. And for all for what? When they finally, quote, understand you, what are you going to get? What does that bring you? Instead, flip the, flip the script, take ownership, say it's actually that I think I'm weird for all of a sudden taking in my tarot cards to my engineering office. And then you in that moment have that choice. You have ownership. You can say, oh, well, one, maybe it is weird. And maybe I own that experience because I am weird. And that's more of the shadow work realm of going into your own weirdness and finally acknowledging weird is a part of you. Or if it's more on your playground, you can say, I'm not weird. And nothing about this is weird, That if that serves you. I personally go more towards the, I am weird. I'd rather just embrace all the different sides of me because eventually they'll come back up I'd rather just take everything in and then deal with it the truth of it rather than say I'm not something but at some point in my life it did serve me to say I'm not that so if that is where you are that's a beautiful place to be as well just know that eventually you might have to start embracing weird and the third option is just to laugh at it, like laugh at how funny it is that we're born with these rules and obligations and expectations and boxes based off of our family unit and our lineage, where we're from, the color of our skin, if we're male or female, conservative or liberal. All of these things determine what we think is weird. In some cultures, they don't cuss, but sex is everywhere. In some cultures, the feminine. I just read an article about how in Egypt, women were like, whoa, like Egypt is the number one feminist country and still is. The first uh, female doctor came from Egypt. It's amazing. And I think, I I don't want to lie. I don't want to get this wrong, but I think it was like the first doctor in Egypt happened to be female also. I don't know if that's completely spot on, but I choose to believe it in this moment. So where you're born significantly impacts how you see yourself as an adult. And in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, these are all great times to consciously choose to do that inner reparenting work where you start to embrace all the different sides of yourself and start to make it okay. You start to combine the engineering masculine version of you with the feminine embodied expressive version of you and then feel uncomfortable because you will and then take ownership that they don't think you're weird. You think you're weird. And then from there, change that script. I think I'm weird. I am weird. Oh my God, I am weird. Or I'm not weird. This is completely normal to bring in, bring in tarot cards and wear lipstick. And why do I think that it's an outsider's thing to do that? 
Do I want to continue to live my life thinking this is an outsider's thing to do? Another thing that I, I dropped in with my client today is, I mean, you always have the choice. You can continue to believe for the rest of your life that teaching yoga is weird or wearing lipstick is weird or doing tarot cards is weird. But here's a very sobering anchor to ground in. You are going to pass. Everyone you know and love is going to pass. You are going to die. So when you're 80 and you never combined all parts of you, you never went after hosting that retreat you really wanted to host, you never went out and planted that garden you really wanted to plant because you're afraid your parents think you're too much of a tree hugger or esoteric or you never got that tarot deck with really pretty colors and pictures and and uh, spiritual meanings that excites you you never got that or you never asked that man out because good girls don't ask the men out or you never got that serpent one because it'd be too weird if you touched your own body what about when you're 60 70 80 what about when you're on your deathbed are you going to still think it was weird or are you going to look back and say damn it i don't want any of you to look back and say damn it that's one of my biggest motivating factors for my life is I really want to look back and say, fuck yeah. I want to look back and feel really, really, really satisfied. Doesn't mean everything was perfect or right. But rather, things feel fulfilled, experienced, lived. Money comes and goes, always, just like germs. Comes back on you, you wash it off. Comes back on you, wash it off. It's currency, it's a current, it's always passing through. So go travel. Go buy that dress. Go sign up for that yoga retreat. Go get that course that you want, that you know is going to teach you a lot. Study things. Wear the lipstick. Then buy another lipstick. Pierce your ears. Do inner child work at 50 years old. Carry that book into a restaurant and wine and dine by yourself. Go to the movies solo. Go to the movies solo once a week. Make it a new ritual to go get a massage once a week. (laughs) See how much pleasure you can welcome into your life. Taking ownership is one of the number one ways to get to that place of pleasure. Taking ownership fully, saying, yeah, any, any um, outward focus that I have, they think I'm weird, they won't accept me, I might get fired. Any time you're putting a focus on the outward, it's really that you're trying to numb the inward, the inward experience. You're focusing on, they'll think I'm weird. Because you don't want to feel the feeling of you thinking you're weird and not accepting you. Because that requires radical responsibility. If you finally admit that it's you who thinks you're weird, I could use a different example. It's you who thinks you're too sexual. It's you who thinks you're too loud. It's you who thinks you're too snobbish. It's you who thinks... You're too intelligent. It's you who thinks you're the black sheep. 
the minute you realize that truth, oh boy, then you, you, you can't turn back. Once you see it, you can't not see it. And you all of a sudden know, oh my gosh, if I think that, then it is up to me to make the choice. All of a sudden you're responsible. All of a sudden, everything's in your hands. It's so much easier to keep saying, they'll think I'm weird, I can't do that. It's a lot more painful to be truthful with you, but it's easier. You can go on in that direction for a pretty long time. But the cost is so much greater that when you're on your deathbed, you look back. Oh, that feeling. I I can't even imagine what that would be like to be on your deathbed looking back and realizing that truth. Rather than the truth of you right now feeling the short-term anguish of doing the thing that you're scared to do. And and, and also, I want to circle this back into embodiment. By you having even something as simple as you having your desk loaded with pictures of your spiritual gurus and your mentors and having people come by and say, oh, who's that? And you saying, oh, that's Yogi Bhajan. Or, oh, that's Guru Jagat. Or wherever your teachers are in that moment. That moment where people walk by, ask you, and you say, and you take that ownership, the physical experience of you saying, oh, yeah, that's mine. And here's a little more about it. And you softening your heart rather than getting pre-triggered. You softening your heart in that time. And you might get triggered, actually. I take that back. As you say it, as you take ownership, softening your heart, breathing a little deeper, and then letting them continue to walk past That simple moment, that interaction is where healing gets done on the nervous system level. You just came out of the closet. You just revealed a part of you that was hidden. Please don't underestimate the power of you simply owning an experience of you, of who you are. That experience right there, oh my gosh, it's so powerful. Doing the thing and being seen doing it, it liberates you. It really does. And it makes you, as we just heard in the episode with John Wineland, it makes you more available to love and to be loved. More of you is available. Whereas at one point in time, your coworkers could only love and appreciate the masculine, upright, organized human in front of them that didn't really care for colors or cursive or sparkles they didn't even know you liked those things all of a sudden you start bringing in more of you even energetically does not mean that all of a sudden you have to start wearing sparkles on your face to start combining the the daybreakers version of you or the uh, part of you that likes going to sober nightclubs and dancing your booty off doesn't mean you have to actually do the thing in order to combine it. It's more of an energetic. Kind of like when you're working in a masculine environment and you start to bring in the energetic of the feminine. We've been talking about lipstick and colors, but you can bring in more of the feminine without changing a single thing about your appearance or your hair or your clothes, anything. It's an energetic by you internally starting to connect your heart to your yoni, your heart to your root, 
You starting to breathe through your heart while you also breathe through your yoni lips. That's going to soften something in your body that simply becomes magnetic. By you eating your lunch and your office with more indulgence and slowing down and really tasting the textures and appreciating your food and seeing what's beautiful about it that you may have not noticed before, that's more of the feminine. When you are at home and you're pretty much running the show and having to pick up the kids and go to the meetings and cook dinner and be really busy, can you, can you do all of that as love? Yes, you can. That's the answer. But in case yes wasn't the first thing that popped in your head. And it's, it's not, again, that you have to do anything. It's, it's more of an acknowledgement and allowing. Allowing that you, you, my love, are love. That's what you are. You are made of love. You are living, breathing, talking, fucking, opening, closing, laughing, crying, love. And so it makes loving others a lot easier when you realize, uh, just be who you are. And just open your, your vessel, open your being, be more available. And part of this circles back to simply being open and more available to all the versions of you. By you be- beginning to combine the versions of you, you're starting to love the world better. Because you can't truly love all that the world provides if you can't truly love all that you provide all the versions of you every time you judge your anger you're going to judge the world's anger every time you judge your weirdness you're judging the world's weirdness every time you judge yourself for being late you judge everybody else in this world that's late you start to love the part of you that's not always perfectly on time you start to love those who are not on time you start to love the part of you that is introvert and extrovert different phases in your life, you start to love people who sometimes aren't perfect with texting because they're going inward a little bit. And those who might be texting you a little too much. Everything is a reflection. Start taking ownership of that reflection. Notice, observe, and then slowly but surely begin to do the work of welcoming these parts of you into the world and notice how they start to show up and loving that, loving what is, loving how it shows up in your life. Because every time you love that in the world, something that may once have triggered you and you soften your heart space to it, mm, every time you do that, a nervous system healing happens. So that's what I want to share for today's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. I had a really wonderful time recording it and just arriving to my computer and sharing what was on my mind. If you would like to leave your thoughts on this episode, please head on over to iTunes and click ratings and reviews, and you can leave a review there on the show, especially if you've been a listener for a long time. That would be so nice, so supportive of you. And you can also come on over to Instagram, and you can look for Madeline Moon. That is me. I'm very active over there, even though I just shared that I'm going through a period of doing things differently which I am, but you can leave a comment on the little graphic video for this podcast episode and let me know your thoughts, what you loved, what you learned, what you want more of. I have a retreat coming up 
in New York City, June 5th to the 7th. And this is going to be with Jamie Woolrab. I, I did one with him last October in New York. We had, I think, 16 women. This year is co-ed. It's called the Embodied Archetype. So pretty much everything I talked about in this episode Uh, the pattern humans have of neglecting versions of themselves is what we work on in this very intimate special weekend by combining breath work, embodiment, acting out. So like theater pieces of truly embodying this part of you that is scary in a very safe and intimate and nurturing environment. So if you want to go into these parts of you, maybe you're your the inner child of you that was always scared to do things wrong and you want to bring out that energy and act her out in a healing way that's actually really deep and kind of confronting and scary if you want to do that or you want to go into your saucy body loving sorceress energy or maybe you want to go into your mm, your dominion a holding queen or you want to go into your innocent, childlike fairy energy. Or if we're looking at the masculine counterpart, you want to go into your the, the part of you that was never allowed to be an artist because you were raised in a military family where you had to man up. Or maybe you want to go into the version of you that's a little darker, your inner killer, your masculine killer, killer or warrior energy. And you want to do this single or solo or perhaps you have a partner you want to bring. Jamie and I do polarity work at this event. So we take you into the feminine masculine. But we also do chakra work and theater work, improv, dance. We combine so much in this weekend. And you get to spend a lot of time with us. I mean, it's very small. It's very personal. And the venue is this gorgeous spiritual space. Very small, intimate again. Um, and plenty of breaks are given to you. Everything, the way we do it is, is all about nurturing and celebration. That's one thing too, though I'm saying this is deep work. It's also a celebratory experience. There's a lot of laughing in our first night last year, we did breath work and oh my gosh, there were laughing fits, like just pouring out of these women's bodies. It was uncontrollable because the breath work was so powerful. It started to unlock the inner child. And this happened in women who did not come to the weekend who were planning to go into that carefree joy energy within them. They were serious women who wanted more seriousness. But yet that's what the, that's what came out because they came without attachments to what needed to happen. And that's what my invitation is to you. So if you're interested, I have a PDF for you. Go ahead and go to maddiemoon.com forward slash events. And on there, you'll see an application. Fill that out. I will email you back and send you a PDF with more details. And from there, you'll hop on a call with Jamie and get to know him. And then from there, if it feels like a fit, we will sign you on up. Again, it is June 5th to 7th in New York City in the East Village-esque, really lovely location. Looking forward to seeing your applications. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Stick around because next Wednesday, as always, we have another really juicy guest coming onto the podcast to talk about something we've never talked about before. Get ready. Thank you all, my loves. It's been such a pleasure, and I'll see you soon.